It's the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. The National Security Hour exposes the wolves in sheep's clothing and their nefarious plots to undermine and destroy U.S. national security. Welcome to the National Security Hour. I'm Ed Huglin, your host for this evening. Today I'm going to talk about the dystopian decline of our rights. We've seen a number of different reports throughout the news media, and we see it every day in the mainstream media, and how our rights, our civil rights, our constitutional rights, and our personal privacy rights are being continually violated and obstructed in a variety of different ways. So today I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to walk through a number of different examples. So I'm going to move from a more strategic perspective to a more tactical, but I'll bring it back at the end to the strategic perspective. Because unless we start to fight back against this push to decline, destroy, and deny us our rights, we will surely lose those rights. I've talk about, talked about this a number of times in the past, about a number of different things related to America's Armageddon, the potential for a U.S. civil war between the dystopian democratic progressive terrorists, domestic terrorists, and those peace-loving Americans. And I've talked about the 75 to 85% of Americans who think we're on the wrong track, know we're on the wrong track, but do not know quite how and what to do to get back on the right track. A key aspect of this is understanding where we're at in this picture and moving on from there. The report by Kevin Stockland in the Epic Times talked about the Supreme Court handing down a landmark decision that police officers had acted illegally in collecting months of cell phone data from a private company without a warrant to track the movements of a robbery suspect. The majority opinion in this case, the Carpenter versus United States, stated in light of the deeply, deeply revealing nature of cell site location information, the fact that such information is gathered by a third party does not make it any less deserving of Fourth Amendment protection. The government's acquisition of cell records here was a search under the amendment. Now, remember that the Fourth Amendment protects Americans against unreasonable search and seizure. However, the American Civil Liberties Union published thousands of pages of records it acquired through the Freedom of Information Act that also showed that DHS, the Department of Homeland Security, had been routinely buying vast amounts of the cell phone data, smart app data, and other aspects. And we've seen recent reporting in the office from the Office of the Director of National Intelligence that whether it's the FBI, Department of Justice, or other elements of the federal government, they're out there purchasing this data in a variety of different ways and means without a proper search warrant. The Carpenter case reversed what was up to that point had been a green light given by the courts for law enforcement to search Americans' personal information, including bank information, phone company, credit card information, et cetera, and stuff like that. With the Carpenter decision, however, the court ruled five to four that they do not need to get a warrant to get the cell phone location data. Devin Watkins, an attorney, told the Epic Times at the time that if you need a warrant for cell phone location data, you should need a warrant for your bank records. The point is, under the Fourth Amendment here, is being eaten away at by this court decision and allowing 
different elements of our justice system and local law enforcement to capture this data. Now take a look at what they could do with such information from like your smartphones, your Alexas and your ecosystems in your home. Much like the Chinese are using TikTok and WeChat to collect vast amounts of information, keystrokes and other information on US Americans, over 150 million Americans that is. The US government is now going out and buying this data from our own private sector companies. They're obtaining these electronic communication records and using those for a variety of different measures. In this court case, they said to obtain electronic communication records under the Stored Communications Act, the government need only show reasonable grounds to believe the records are relevant and material to an ongoing criminal investigation. Georgetown report states that while noting that Chief Justice Roberts called the reasonable grounds a gigantic departure from probable cause rule. So federal agencies continue to buy this data through third-party brokers. And as I mentioned, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence recently reported federal agencies have been buying up large amounts of the sophisticated database. A lot of it's called ad tech, but it also includes credit histories, insurance claims, criminal records, employment histories, incomes, information on ethnicity, purchase histories, et cetera. And remember what they did on January 6th. The FBI went out and bought all this data, did a circular around the Capitol. For anybody in that circular, went out and collected that data on those individuals, whether they were members of Congress, whether they were private citizens just walking by the Capitol, or why there are people walking into the Capitol taking part in the demonstrations that day. All of them were stuck up in the same aspect here. So you can see from the Fourth Amendment aspect here, it's clearly, clearly a violation of our constitutional amendments. But DHS and others have been paying millions of dollars, your taxpayer dollars, to these data brokers. And they use elements such as Babel Street and Ventel, which then they use to help pinpoint, assess, and take a look at that data. Senator Wyden and Rand Paul Okay, both introduced legislation back in 2021 calling for a Fourth Amendment Act is not for sale. Okay, doing business online doesn't amount to giving the government permission to track your every movement or every aspect of your life. Okay, is what they're trying to protect here. This act, I do not believe, is passed yet. States themselves are taking action to protect, protect personal data. So hopefully candidates such as DeSantis, the governor of Florida, and other governors like Abbott and other Republican governors, conservative governors, are pushing this to make sure that we are getting our Fourth Amendment rights protected. But it's not just Republican governors that should be doing this, much like Ron Wyden from a Democratic side of the House. Democrats themselves should also be very, very concerned about this. It's... It's, it's almost impossible not to leave a trail of data these days with your cell phone, with your Alexa, with your connection to the internet and other aspects. All that data is one way or another basically for sale. What the other problem here is that is that as we take a look at this decline in our Fourth Amendment and other civil and constitutional rights, we also have to take a look at what's happening with the indoctrination of our children. 
through the education system, stuff like that, there's the youth that are becoming much more accepting, much more accepting of government surveillance. Now, this is scary as hell because these are our future leaders. These people have no idea what a surveillance state is. They have no idea what a dystopian, tyrannical state is. They grew up well past post-Soviet Union. They've been living in a bubble here in the United States and listening to these cultural warriors, actually the cognitive war, the evil against good, the dystopian against freedom, and they buy into this bull crap. So what's happening here is overall, only 14% of Americans in this one survey indicated they thought it was a good idea with Americans 45 and older, mostly strong, strongly against it. But almost 30% of those 18 to 29 supported it and 20% 30 to 44. And this is because Americans over the age of 45 have had a vastly different experience. Okay, and understand this in the police state. But a lot of younger Americans don't see that right now. So we have to take a look at what's happening, not only with that Fourth Amendment, what, what's happening again in the next uh, other rights that we have, which are being infringed upon. Now, why is this important? Because as we take a look at the erosion of our rights, that leads to true subjugation. And as we've seen with the progressive radical Democrat policies, they're pushed on censorship. They're pushed to control you. They're pushed to subjugate you, tell, to tell you what and how you can do things, whether you can drive a gas car or electric car, whether you have the right for free speech so you can give a speech at a university without being obstructed or denied, whether you can go to a restaurant and dine without being attacked. All these things are leading towards a level of anarchy and chaos that is purposeful in my mind. It's purposeful because it's the means to an end to create the chaos of right to then further subjugate Americans. And as we take a look at this, only roughly half of our Republicans and over one third of Democrats in our country right now believe we're on the brink of a civil war. It's unthinkable such a war could break out. But if it does break out, then who do we blame? Who's been pushing this divisiveness? Who's been pushing the hate and rhetoric? Who's been pushing the weaponization of our national security to subvert and suborn your rights, your constitutional rights? And who's been allowing and opening the front gates of our nation, the front door of our nation, to eight, seven to eight million illegals numerous cartel illegal elements and tens of thousands of Chinese military age men. So in their quest for power in an article by Peter Navarro in the Washington Times, an opinion piece, he says radical elements within the Democratic Party have abandoned any pretense of fairness, tolerance, and justice. He says in their woke new world, Democratic strategists use unscrupulous tactics to skew our election system even as weaponized bureaucracies like the Department of Justice, the National Archives, now under Democratic control, okay, seek to destroy, destroy the Republican Party and its de facto leader, Donald Trump, at this point. He states, more, for over 200 years, Americans lived in a, in a world of paper ballots with strict ID, signature, and match procedures. Where those were the only legal votes that were counted. Today, the Democrats have created a stuff the ballot box 
except for the ballot box world where absentee mail-in voting is universal. Drop boxes, ballot harvesting, fixed and relaxed signature matching procedures, all that's within there. And the Democrats have also undertaken lawfare. Okay, this is no more exemplified than what's happening with Donald Trump. Multiple, multiple lawsuits to not only impede and obstruct a do, uh, the next election, but to bankrupt individuals, okay, and remove and take away their individual constitutional rights. Under the Constitution, you have a right for a speedy and fair trial. You also have the right to face your accusers. What the Justice Department is doing is weaponizing all this stuff to take those rights away, to bankrupt you, and cause you to spend your whole fortune just to keep your rights. This is unconscionable. Attorney General Garland and Director FBI Ray are part of the culprits who are complicit and corrupt in this, from my opinion. It's the middle class of America they're destroying here. It's also increasingly the Social Democratic Party that's pushing the civil war. And why are they doing that? Because, again, they now see with what's going on with the Bidens and potential impeachment and try, trying, uh, trial of the president for treason, that they're going to have to take some rather drastic actions to hang on to and hold on to power. Navarro writes, we would be, do well to remember Americans' first civil war was a just and righteous one. The North sought to abolish slavery and over half a million Americans would perish before the dust and issues were settled for the good of all. The democratic activists and strategists now driving this nation towards a second world war not, have neither justice nor righteousness on their side. They are attempting to tramp our religions, disarm us, and impose a woke culture on us far outside the bounds of America's traditions, traditional values, and constitutional roots. Now, I've mentioned several times in this program that I think the president is compromised. I think his son's compromised. I think what's going on here is they're colluding with China. They're compromised by China. And that's why you have tens of thousands of middle uh, military-aged men from China entering this country and then being released. This is why in the last election in 2020, you, you saw numerous buildings boarded up before the election because the intent was purposeful for Antifa, BLM, and others to continue their summer love and drive massive chaos and anarchy in the streets to destroy your rights, destroy the system, should Trump have been elected. Now, that was a dry run, a trial run. But because they took fraudulent efforts in that election and subverted your rights there as well, they didn't have to use that level of force in that instance. But I feeling, as I mentioned in America's Armageddon, that that time is coming and may come here this next election if we get to that election. Why is it that Joe Biden is now relaxing for a few weeks in Delaware? He seems very casual and take this very casually and very easily. My opinion is because he knows they have a game plan for all this. They've laid out the game plan of different options for this. And my, my best guess is, as Pierre and Navarro thinks, the Democrats will force upon us and engage us in a variety of different assaults on our values, our families, and that with that, more likely a civil war becomes something that we can see here in the near-term future. 
but we must prepare for these things. We must prepare for these things and take a look at what we can do in the meantime to preclude this. And so one of the actions that, that can happen here is, and this is where I think Governor DeSantis could step up to the plate. He's a governor of Florida, Governor Abbott of Texas, and other Republican governors could do the same thing. They have the right for the states of militias under the Second Amendment and the state's rights under the Tenth Amendment. They need to start forming militias and deputizing citizens. And they need to do that by justifying what happened in 2016 with the false dossiers, the attempted coup, the insurrection, insurgency by Hillary Clinton and other members of our national security apparatus. They need to do that based on what we saw happen in 2020 in the summer of love and the massive chaos and riots that continue to today and the funding of police and et cetera, et cetera to today. So Governor DeSantis and other Republican governors need to stand up statewide militias in every city they have, deputize those people and prepare them for the potential of massive chaos come this next election or precluding, pre, preceding this next election. They need to step up to the plate and take those actions. This will drive the liberal media and the liberals in Congress nuts. But it's we have those constitutional rights. So Governor DeSantis, Governor Abbott, use your executive powers and take precautionary measures for the worst case scenario. If you don't believe what you've seen in 2016 and 2020, then you damn well better believe it by now. It's time to take action. So when we come back, we'll continue to discuss how our rights are declining, the dystopian decline of our rights. But before we go to break, make sure to make sure AmericaOutloud.news is your daily stop for all the latest news and happenings. We must all do our part and share the stories, the articles, the podcasts, and videos so we can help secure America's future. We'll be right back. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Welcome back to the National Security Hour. This is Ed Huglin, and today, today we're going to talk about the dystopian decline of our rights. So let me continue with how our rights are being declined and destroyed by the radical left, and we'll talk about potentially what else we can do to make things make things better for the future and plan for the future. There's an old saying saying that prior preparation prevents pretty poor performance, the five Ps. In this case here, Americans must realize, based on 2016 and 2020, that we have to get our heads out of our rear orifice and realize that this country is under attack from within, 
it's a subversion attack from within. And it's taken the form of many different ways. For example, these radical progressive lefts are used in a variety of ways, including ideologies, religion, and issues to cancel our rights, to subjugate us. None of this is more exemplified than a 70-year-old boy who sued the California New School District for a violation of his civil rights. In an article about Stephen Ispis in the Epic Times, he said the first thing he did when he got on Sunday morning was to say hi to his dog, Biscuit, and start reading Treasure Island. This is this little boy. In his room, this little boy's typical young deals with board games, Nerf guns, baseball equipment, toy vehicles, just like any of the young child. He's now eight years old, going into the third grade. What makes this individual kid different from other kids is that he's a plaintiff in a case that was filed with the California Supreme Court when he was seven years old. Because of this lawsuit, he's not disclosing his full name. That's why he goes by HN, the initials, for privacy purposes. He's suing the school district, the district superintendent, the school principal, and two teachers for negligence, false imprisonment, and violating his rights and other charges. Now, this is a seven-year-old boy. The point here up front, if a seven-year-old boy can do this, okay, then you can do this. I can do this. Others can do this. It's all about pushing back and fighting back against subjugation. If you're complacent, then you become compliant. And by becoming complacent, compliant, you are complicit in the actions. So let's not be complicit in the actions. Now, this story broke back in April of 2023 when the Epic Times spoke with this boy and his family and the attorney. The key, key, uh, cha- uh, the key thing this young man did is he refused to wear a mask in school and he did not consent to getting tested for COVID-19 weekly. Again, remember, all the false science the progressive radical Democrats pushed on us with Dr. Fauci, the fascist Fauci. They pushed all this bull crap about the science. You must believe in the science. And remember, Fauci at the very beginning said, oh, don't worry about masks. They won't help. Then he turned to masks and said, you need masks. You must wear masks. And then he turned to more draconian measures. And they talked about the use of the vaccine, and you must take the vaccine because if you take the vaccine, you won't get infected. And that was a BS line until late 2021 when they finally admitted the vaccine cannot preclude COVID infections. So to fight, despite the fact that you can't stop getting the infection without a vaccination, and despite the fact that the masks really don't protect against getting infected, or spreading the disease, okay, they forced this little kid to do that. And what he said is he did not like this gigantic thing stuck up my nose when they tried to do the testing on him weekly, and he refused to wear the mask. So he and his father informed the school principal multiple times that it did not consent to experimental medical products like masking or COVID injections. Little boy said he did not like to wear a mask because the virus travels through the mask anyway. And he can't breathe with the mask. And he cannot see fa- facial expressions of his teachers and his classmates. And there's a chance of bacteria being caught in a mask. Now, this is a young seven-year-old boy. 
And he understands this. Now, post-COVID, all of us understand this. But so this young man's taking his court case here to the Supreme Court in his state to fight this. Now, the complaint they put in mentions nine separate incidents where this little boy refused to wear a mask and was then isolated by himself in a classroom, taken to the principal's office, or taken to another room which was used for storage at the time. So like solitary confinement for a seven-year-old boy. This is false imprisonment, unnecessary imprisonment. And then he was harassed for not wanting to use hand sanitizer. And he says after he told the teachers that hand washing with soap is more effective, he was sent to the nurse's station who allowed him to wash his hands as a one-time exception. I mean, this is a seven-year-old boy. This is what they're doing to our students in these different schools. This is what they're doing to Americans on a daily basis. And this is not a one-off instance. This is a normal practice across a variety of different states. Now, what we're seeing here is that this refusal to wear a mask for good was seeing a picture of when, when, he, saw, when he saw a picture of Governor Gavin Newsom and the Los Angeles mayors at a stadium in Inglewood, California, not wearing masks during the NFL title game back in 2022. He said, I'm not wearing a mask anymore. If the governor and these other folks don't have to wear a mask, why should I? <clears throat> so again, his response is, my freedom does not end where your fear starts. Now, that's a pretty damn smart kid. <laughs> I mean, think of it. Here's a seven-year-old kid. He's not only with his parents suing through the state Supreme Court, but he's making complaints because of the constant harassment and humiliation and isolation. Now think of this for little young kids. And then think about what they did this to all Americans during the COVID aspect. Judge Neil Gorsuch came out and he said he was completely worried about how quickly Americans abandoned their civil and constitutional rights during the COVID, the China flu lockdowns. But this young man's unwillingness to wear a mask, he ended up sitting by himself whole days, including lunch and recess by himself with a substitute teacher someplace. Now, in the lawsuit, this young man's father decided to hire a lawyer when things in the school got really weird. And he was pleading with the school principal not to implement the exposure protocol. Okay. The complaint was filed back in 2022. And recently here in 2023, a judge sided with the school district on striking out portions of the lawsuit, though he did not rule out negligence and recovery of attorney fees for this young man and his family. The mask mandates in school are an exemplary of what the progressive radical Democrats are trying to do to us here every single day in America through censorship, through the weaponization of our justice system the use of open source information, collected data from private companies to then track you and do warrantless searches to subjugate and preclude you and your individual rights. The California Attorney General tried to say the Emergency Services Act takes precedence in this arena here. However, due process steps in times of emergency as well are not legally tenable is what one of the attorneys came back and said to this, folks. Now, 
in this, the head of the, uh, one of the local uh, elements, the governor, Thomas Argan, led all school districts to believe that this was mandate was not in effect when in fact it was. A letter he sent out to parents said, if you don't force mask children and force tests, force quarantine, your teacher credentials are at risk. So this went out to the teachers. You're going to get sued. Your defense attorney is not going to be there because your insurance is going to be canceled and you can be charged with crimes under the government code. All this was a legal lie, Mr. Henderson said. So here's, here's a letter they sent out to the teachers in the school district basically, and to parents and saying, if you don't force mask your children, you don't bow to this this, bureaucracy mandate by dystopian Democrats, then you're going to lose your job. You're going to be sued. You won't be able to hire an attorney because you won't have a job and your insurance is going to be canceled. This is amazing in terms of the level of assault. Now, the reason I bring up this one example here because and go into a little bit more detail, because this is not a lone example. This is happening across our country. Now, Mr. Henderson goes on to say the problem with this case and why we're suing and why their conduct is actionable is because they took it two steps too far. Henderson, the attorney for the kid, I believe, says you don't stick kids in storage closets. You don't stick them in freezing cold rooms by themselves. You don't stick them in scorching heat, right? You don't stand them up in every front of the front of the class and everyone else and say, this child's unvaccinated, everybody, and make you feel like you're a disease, like you're going to kill grandma. Henderson says it's really, really important for educators to understand that they never had to follow these rules and they could have made their own decisions. But what's this tell you about Americans and lemmings and useful idiots? What it tells you here is that Americans are too willing to give up our rights. Now, a few weeks ago, I was on another program and I walked Americans through the Bill of Rights, the first 10 amendments to the Constitution. And everybody on this station should go back and look at not only your Constitution, but look at your Bill of Rights and damn well better understand what your rights are. Because if you don't understand what your rights are and you're not taking the appropriate action, you will lose those rights and acquiesce and give up those rights, willing or unwilling, known or unknown, based on your actions and compromise. Now let's take a look at another case here, reported in the Epic Times by Naveen Anthropoli. It deals with some nurses in a medical center in Kentucky who are forced to go under white privilege training, white privilege, implicit bias training. Now, these nurses in Kentucky were forced to undergo this implicit bias training to indoctrinate them with concepts such as white people are inherently racist. Now, this is a CRT crap. White people are inherently racist and black people are inherently too dumb to be educated. I mean, that's really the bottom line. The Kentucky Board of Nursing mandated an implicit bias course for nurses in January of, of, of last year, is what this article said. The rules required nurses who were licensed to complete this course by July of this year. The course seeks to address the impact of historical racism and other forms of individual discrimination and provision of health care. Now, what the hell 
are they doing bias training for nurses? Now, this is where Nurse Michelle and the nurses who are also on AmericaOutloud.news at 10 a.m. weekly, a number of firebrands have been pushing and fighting this type of injustice against their like patriots for years. But this case here just speaks, why are they forcing bias training and racist training on nurses? Why are they trying to indoctrinate them? Because just like our colleges, just like our high schools, just like our grade schools, the progressive radical domestic terrorist left seeks to impose their dystopian views in order to decline and subvert and destroy your civil and constitutional rights to get you to say yes to insanity. <clears throat> the course essentially portrayed white people as oppressors. One of the diagrams presented during the training of overt racism and covert racism, it said covert racism includes the denial of white privilege, white silence, denying institutional racism, weaponizing whiteness, Eurocentric school cur curricula, excusing white splaining racism, claiming reverse racism, okay? I mean, this is almost unbelievable, but this is, this folks is what's happening. Again, as I said, not only in the schools to seven-year-old boys, but in our medical training facilities to nurses here in America, the indoctrination and subversion of their rights. Now, if you deny white privilege, okay, you're racist. So does anyone ask President Obama, who's half white, if he's denying his white privilege? Why he then condemns Scott, Senator Scott, a true black, full black American? Okay, no. Do they ask anyone else in America and put anyone else in America through this type of BS propaganda and disinformation ringer? The answer is no. The article goes on to say examples of overt racism include public harassment of persons speaking other than English. A white woman asking a black woman where she is from is a covert action of racism. I mean, so you can't even ask people where they're from if you're from a different skin color. I mean, this is nuts. So they're, impos they're imposing these courses on the nurses. The implicit bias course was developed by Kentucky Nurses Association. Now, what's this tell you about Nurses Association, the Teachers Association, and other such associations? This association is 117-year-old history. What it's telling you is the Democrats and radical progressives have undertaken it by themselves to methodically insert themselves into what I call the boring but critical stuff human resources, education systems, okay, social justice systems. And with that, they then slowly build and bring in further elements of like-minded cadre to subvert those institutions and control those institutions to then push their own level of propaganda and disinformation. Now, I talk about this frequently, what I refer to as the ongoing cognitive war. <clears throat> now, talking about the KNA courses, this nurse Rebecca Wall, who has four decades of experience, told the Washington Examiner, a different paper, 
that the Kentucky Board of Nursing pretty much said we're all guilty of being racist. And we need to examine the way we take care of patients and change their behaviors because we're giving substandard care. So why the, how the hell would they know they're giving substandard care? Care is based on the medical profession and medical practices and techniques and such. It's not based on subjective qualifications, whether you're racist or not. This dogma and crap they're pushing is unbelievable. This Kentucky Board of Nurses is also pushing the diversity, equity, inclusion agenda, along with a variety of other corporations, academic institutions, and other organizations. For instance, Google publicly hired, publicly charted, uh, asked black and Latino employees that hired about this. The Academy of Motion Pictures is looking to hand out awards to films of color. Okay, so now you see in massive reverse discrimination, you, you see the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff nominee himself forcing quotas and supporting quotas, which are far short of the standard percentages of white people in the population, truly racist policies. So we're going to come back in a minute here, talk more about how the dystopian Democrats are declining your civil and constitutional rights. But you can find out more about my show and get all the latest podcasts if you go to the menu bar at America Out Loud under shows or schedule. You'll see the National Security Hour and a slew of other programs. Like I mentioned, the Nurses Hour is a great one. Follow us. Stay engaged. You'll be in the know. We'll be right back. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news. Liberty and justice for all. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Welcome back to the Mass Security Hour. We're discussing the dystopian decline of rights in this country. It's really sickening to the stomach when we take a look at what's happening in a country. The little schoolboy, seven-year-old, to the nurses. Let's raise the ante up here a little bit to the state level again. So we all know that Texas Governor Abbott, Florida Governor DeSantis, and other governors have been fighting this illegal invasion for quite some time. I don't think they've been exercising the full rights they have under the Constitution, the state's rights. But recently, Governor Abbott, as you've seen on TV and a variety of other aspects, put up this great border wall 
it's a water wall in the Rio Grande River, which forces, which forces the illegals and others to go to legal entry sites on the border. So the Biden administration filed a lawsuit asking a judge to order Texas to remove the floating barrier. And I'm hoping this goes all the way to the Supreme Court. And in this case, the Supreme Court damn well better support states' rights. Because under the Constitution, states have the right, in lieu of federal efforts, to protect their national security and the security of the states. Now, what the Associate Attorney General, Benit Gupta, is arguing with the Justice Department side is that this floating barrier poses threats to navigation and public safety and presents humanitarian concerns. Additionally, the presence of the floating barrier has prompted diplomatic protests by Mexico and risk damaging U.S. foreign policy. Are you freaking kidding me? I mean, how can you damage U.S. foreign policy more than what Biden administration has done here? Handing Mexico over to the cartels, giving them billions of dollars because of what they're doing with the illegals and trafficking them, trafficking human, tracking children, trafficking children to pedophiles, okay? How can you say that's going to cause more damage? You had over 85 to 100 plus people found dead on the border over the last year and a half here, okay? And you've had a number of drownings in the Rio Grande. All those have basically declined substantially with this barrier being put in place. <clears throat> but Governor Abbott said the law doesn't apply because the water wall is a set of boys, not a construction. So they thought this through. But every state can think this through. And we talked about the militias and standing up the militias up front. So Governor Abbott, pointed, Governor Abbott pointed to the UN's declaration that the U.S.-Mexico border is the deadliest land crossing in the world. Not the Ukraine-Russia border, the U.S.-Mexican border. It is the deadliest land crossing in the world, saying hundreds of migrants have drowned in the Rio Grande River before Texas began what Abbott characterizes a life-saving floating wall. To end that risk, the migrants will be harmed crossing the border illegally. You must fully enforce the laws of the United States to prohibit illegal immigration between the ports of entry. This is what Abbott wrote. Abbott justified taking the steps, including the water wall. <clears throat> Critics, of course, have labeled the invasion theory of right of ways, including racist and legal fiction. So all we have to do is take a look at the mayor of New York. You know, complete moron, in my opinion. Sanctuary city man. Liberal progressive man. Like every other liberal progressive, was applauding this massive illegal immigration. And as soon as it hit his state, his city, and overwhelmed the city with just 50,000 people rather than 160,000 per state that they've let in, plus over 160,000 plus per state they've let in over the last couple of years. And he starts whining about this, <clears throat> but they're getting what they deserve. They asked, they supported this illegal immigration, and now they're starting to condemn it and complain about it. Why? Because it's affecting them directly. But what's that tell you about the tactics and techniques we, we conservatives other can use. You have to make the progressive radical Democrats feel the pain or feel the gain. In this case here, Abbott's helping them feel the gain by closing the border, saving lives in the border, but yet 
these hypocrites and morons are calling this racist and a and legal fiction. Governor Abbott's Lone Star State has deployed state personnel to arrest and prosecute immigrants who are in the country illegally and has sought to erect its own borders and barriers, including traditional walls, mile, miles of razor wire, and more controversial, this floating burial. But in many instances, again, the federal government, led by the Manchurian president here, is seeking to destroy through dystopian decline your civil rights and your human rights by allowing all these different illegals into the country. He's fighting the state's rights to allow illegals to come into this country and cost us trillions of dollars in extra taxes, in extra education, and extra health care causes potential significant concerns in national security because you're letting through cartel members, drug members, felons, pedophiles, and other, other murderers, as well as middle-aged Chinese military-aged men by the tens of thousands. This is unconscionable, but we can fight back. You have to support your governors. You have to support your state and local officials to start to take specific actions necessary to stop this hemorrhaging along our borders in America and stop this hemorrhaging of our civil and constitutional rights. <clears throat> now, an old colleague of mine, Bill Evanina, he was the head of the counterintelligence element at the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, recently testified on the Hill, saying we are in a terrorism event as the former intel official urges real-time China threat about sharing information with from U.S. companies. This article by Terry Wu in the Epic Times notes that Chinese Communist Party's economic war with the United States has manifested itself in a terrorism network. What Bill Evanina says. And this was just just a few days ago here on the Hill. He recommended a new economic threat intelligence entity that would share actionable and real-time intelligence information with businesses and private companies to mitigate these risks. What China is doing is using open source intelligence from the United States, open source information from the United States, buying the same private sector data that the FBI, Justice Department, and others are using against you, that the OGNI says they're also buying, okay? But what Bill Evanin is saying here is that CCP is also buying that same data and using it against and weaponizing it against the United States. And he's calling this a terrorism event. And I agree. This is the essence of the unrestricted warfare, cognitive warfare I've been talking about with Dr. Yan from the voice of Dr. Yan, also on AmericaOutloud.news. <clears throat> we talked about this a number of different times. What Evanina says, it is a slow, methodical, strategic, persistent, and enduring event which requires a degree of urgency of government and corporate action. Now, I have a book coming out here in about a month, Cognitive Warfare, Why We Are Losing and How We Can Win, which speaks exactly to this. This cognitive warfare has been ongoing for a millennium or more. It will continue for another millennium or more. It is a battle between good and evil with the Chinese have since 1999 been implementing what they call unrestricted warfare. And this is a method and means to not only drive propaganda and disinformation,
but subvert and steal America's national treasures, trade, trade craft, research and development, and other information, but also to subvert our own system of justice, our own system and bill of rights and constitutional rights. Evernina added that the US private sector has become the geopolitical battle space for China, and he's correct. What the problem here is, is Congress is still treating TikTok, WeChat, these type of actions here, and recently the discovery of a bioweapons lab in California run by the Chinese, an illegal bioweapons lab run by Chinese in California, it was discovered in March, wasn't reported until just recently, okay? All these things are taking place under our nose. Americans, you can't forget about 9-11. What happened on 9-11? The 9-11 Commission said we had a failure to imagine from the intelligence community. But we have to start believing what we're seeing here. Not only the dissolution of our civil and constitutional rights on a daily basis, but then the collusion with elements here from the Biden administration with the Chinese to now where you have here in the United States, the CCP taking these different functions and use of information from U.S. corporations without a proper U.S. response. Remember, you have to remember Matt Olson, who also worked with at the Office of Director of National Intelligence. He's the head of the NAS security branch division at the FBI, the counterintelligence division there. He's the one who recommended they get rid of the Chinese espionage program. What did they put in place for it? Well, Bill Evanina here is in this article here is calling we have a terrorism event and we need to stand up a, an organization to fight this. And just a few years ago, at the beginning of the Biden administration, Director for Christopher was saying that there's a Chinese espionage case open up every eight hours. Yet they closed that program down. And now you have that former head of counterintelligence for the intelligence community saying we have a terrorism event here in the United States. All these different efforts here, all these different efforts here are subverting your constitutional rights and benefits. So Bill Evanina here is saying in America, we have this terrorism event, yet we have the FBI standing down their espionage elements to take care of the Chinese, okay? And we have a variety of other issues that we have to take a look at here related to this program. But in, other, in simple terms, they're destroying and undermining our civil and constitutional rights here. So what we have to do as well, not only take a look at the costs of what the Chinese are doing, the impacts on our civil and constitutional rights, but we also have to take a look at the cost to American taxpayers. Okay, the net drain on society here by these illegal immigrants is also an impact to your civil and constitutional rights. Why? Because you are legal American citizens paying your taxes, law-abiding, upholding the justice system, supporting the justice system. Well, you have seven to eight million illegal aliens who've come into this country right now. And the states are and cities are bearing the brunt of this. The smaller states and cities are bearing the brunt of this. In an article of the Epic Times, they state that illegal immigrants and migrant citizens share medical care medical care, $19 billion, okay? K through 12 post-secondary education, $74 billion. Welfare support, $2 billion. Policing and Justice Administration, $22 billion. Now, as Mayor Adams of New York 
the hypocrite is starting to find out. Every one of this stuff has a major impact to America, not only in your in your cities and schools, but in your justice system, your social welfare program systems and other stuff like that. If you're taking care of 8 million additional people, that's eight cities of 20,000 people for every state of the union. <clears throat> eight people of 20,000 people each for each state of the union. Every one of those illegal immigrants will likely have a couple of children over the next couple of years who will be naturalized U.S. citizens, who will be instantly U.S. citizens. The cost for that, for just this group of folks, is 4 to $5 trillion over the next couple of decades. Now we also have, as I move on to another topic, in terms of dissolution of your rights, is that the White House is colluding with the World Health Organization to then create a misinformation surveillance program for future pandemics. Now, remember, it was the World Health Organization that lied to us about what was happening with the China flu. <clears throat> Taiwan and South Korea locked down instantaneously. Our intelligence community should have warned us they failed miserably in this, but they relied on the World Health Organization declaring that this wasn't a major pandemic at the time. So sorry, too late, no date. So now they want to stand at this misinformation board. In a document titled Preparedness and Resilience for Emergency Threats, the World Health Organization deems an infodemic that they believe it makes it difficult for people to adopt behaviors that will protect their health. In other words, because this government body run by bureaucrats not of the United States believes that you will not listen to them to protect your health, and rightfully so, given they lied to you during the last pandemic about the science. They lied to you about the vaccinations, and they lied to you about what you could do to help resolve and protect yourself, <clears throat> all to subjugate you. They now think you're not going to believe them. Well, rightfully so. So what do they want to do? They want to create a disinformation ministry of truth at the World Health Organization to then control and subjugate you and your rights further. In another example, let's go back to the state level here. The University of Connecticut is requiring graduate students, requiring all students, I'm sorry, students to pass anti-Black racism course in order to graduate. It's a mandatory one credit class at the University of Connecticut. So in this Texas campus, Correspondent uh, Haik Mrema wrote, the University of Connecticut will officially make it its anti-Black racism course mandatory for all undergraduate students. Mandatory. So again, just like the nurses, just like the young man, a seven-year-old kid in the school, they're pushing this crap at every different instance. And Americans, you must stand up. You've got to start pulling your dollars. You've got to start pulling your students out of these different psychotic campuses, these left-wing campuses, okay? And the lady who actually wrote this article about this, this uh, is an African-American herself. And she's amazed at making the anti-Black racism course the requirement for every Husky graduate, that that's not the final step. But they're saying it's a necessary step in proving the living and learning experience at the University of Connecticut. 
That's what the office at the campus suggested. Okay, amazing how these people believe this crap and support this crap and push it. <clears throat> now, if that's not enough in terms of the dystopian decline of your civil and human rights, let's go to another article, okay, in the Daily Signal by Ken McIntyre. <clears throat> the Biden administration grants to left-wing projects aimed to destroy conservatives. So again, they're taking your hard-earned tax dollars and doing things with our supposedly apolitical federal government. But they're not. They're using it to actually destroy conservatives, including Christians and highly reputable organizations. Okay, this report titled Exposed says the grant program run by the Department of Homeland Security. Okay, remember CISA, the Cyber Intelligence Security Agency, which told us how secure our 2020 elections were, while at the same time, the Chinese were conducting espionage, okay? They're the ones who are running this program. It's amazing. And so Brent Bazell, founder of Media Research Center, describes the report as uncovering documents showing that, I quote, the government is colluding with left-wing activists, academics, and state and local officials in an active effort to target some of the most prestigious conservative organizations in, in the United States. There's multiple different examples that I could go on all day about this. Liberal professors urged Biden to deny the Justice Department rulings by the Supreme Court. So here you have two Harvard professors who also came out, Harvard professors, arguing that the Biden administration should ignore the Supreme Court, basically ignore the Constitution. You have other cases where they say female-only athlete, athletes must, must compulsively allow transgender women with penises into the locker rooms. It's just amazing. And then Johns Hopkins, Johns Hopkins removes glossary terms, okay, that defines lesbian as a non-man after uproar. I mean, the dystopian tactics the left is using don't end here. They continue on every single day, and we must fight back. We must fight back. You have to start fighting back. You have to talk to your state local legislators. You have to talk to your state senators, your federal senators, your current congressmen, and start pushing back on this stuff. Because if we don't, we will surely lose our constitutional and civil rights. I'm here on the National Security Outreach Week to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. I will go outside the fog of the daily chaos to give you a strategic perspective on national security issues and speak truth to power, the power of we the people, so we together can best ensure the resilience and security of our republic.